0: That's in the Bible, episode twenty-five: the superiority of the King James Bible.
1: Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, take from the chastening rod, seek
0: the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. And welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name's Eric, and if you're tuning in for the first time, we're, we're glad that you're here and glad that you found us and have joined us. We've got an interesting show today. We're going to be talking about the superiority of the King James Bible. What makes the King James Bible superior to other translations that you might uh, have read or might be holding in your hand or... Bibles that you might even have in your house, and we're going to take a look at that a little bit closer so you can follow along with us and make up your own mind. But also joining us via Skype today are Steve. Steve, how are you doing out there? Doing just fine, Eric. And we have Matt up by Syracuse. Matt, how are you? I'm doing real good. And we also have Pastor Strobel joining us again, and how are you today? Doing well, thank you. All right. Well, it's been a little while since we got back together, and uh, so what's new with you guys?
1: Well, nothing really, uh, on my end anyway. I mean, you know, doing the same things that we do all the time. I mean, uh, ministering, uh, uh, singing. uh, We're going to be doing, well, I guess one thing new. We've been working on uh, uh, performing the Messiah. My family and I are in a group that... uh, uh, probably about 110 singers strong. We have a uh, string quartet, not quartet, uh, ensemble that joins us, and, and uh, we perform The Messiah. Probably about, I'd say, three quarters of it. So it's a good bit of The Messiah. And uh, we're getting ready to do that at the beginning of uh, December. So I'm uh, really excited about that. I really look forward to doing that. If, for those of you that may not be familiar with uh, George Frederick Handel, he wrote uh, The Messiah, which I think back at that time was almost like a four hour performance, and um, it takes us to do what we do probably about two hours and uh, It is the gospel put to music, and it goes all the way from the judgment of god and and uh, man being a sinner. All the way to the uh, the cross and, and salvation only through Jesus Christ and His glorification and magnification at the end and it is just a wonderful wonderful thing and uh, so we get a chance to do that and and uh, like I said we do that every year so uh, other than that uh, just doing the things that we always do uh, just uh, you know discipling and, and singing and and uh, ministering in church and stuff so. That's pretty much what I'm doing.
0: Amen. Now, Steve, do
1: you have any like formal music uh, voice training, or? Well, uh, it's not necessary to do what we do in that community group, but uh, uh, I did a couple of years at, a, at Indiana State University, studied vocal music, and and uh, um, just been leading singing and and uh, singing specials for thirty some years. So Amen. that's about all the qualifications I got. Amen. Well, it's pretty good.
2: <laughs> How about you, Matt? Uh not a whole lot going on. I just uh have a lot of, you know, praises going on at work. Um the uh, street ministry that uh, I've been doing for a couple of years um is really getting out to a lot of my coworkers at work and also uh, a lot of my doctors. I work in a doctor's office and uh and it's pretty funny because I hear from a lot of uh my fellow employees my fellow uh, coworkers, they, they keep telling me, Oh, you know, this doctor said that they saw you out there street preaching, you know, and, and they want to see the, uh, the, the, you know, reactions from the rest of the coworkers, you know? And, and uh, so I've had about three doctors, you know, uh, actually have seen me cause they go to the football games the Syracuse football games. And now also basketball is going to start. So we're going to be street preaching uh, at the, before the basketball games. And uh, so it's just really neat to see uh, the Lord working that way where, you know, I could be out there, out on the streets, and and uh, you know, at work, I don't have a whole lot of leeway. with With my fellow coworkers, I have a lot that I can witness to them with a lot of time, and they bring me a lot of questions. But the doctors, I don't work as close to, and uh, it's very difficult for me to be able to strike up a conversation. But but now, uh, you know, being out there and being able to witness to them, uh, you know, just through them seeing me out there and uh, just being a witness and showing them, you know, that. That I'm out there trying to uh stand for what's right and uh show them that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. So I just thank God uh, you know, and, and praise him for uh for just being able to give me that kind of a witness to my to my um really my employers.
0: And in this day and age you might be able to have more of a conversation with them when they hand you your pink slip. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'll be able, I'll be able to open up a little bit more. <laughs>
0: be a little bit more bold even then, That's I suppose, true. right? That's right, and that, and I think Pastor Strobel, you might have mentioned it one time before, that uh, the public ministry that might be a good, good topic to do a show on at one point here soon. Yes, because I know even even brethren Christians uh, often don't don't uh, you know don't want to either participate or will have some negative things to say about it. it. Doesn't do any good. It turns people off and things like that.
2: And I had one uh, one of the comments too from one of my providers, one of the uh, um, one of the doctors was that <laughs> to actually another guy that saved that at work there, um, she said to him, you know, boy, that's kind of scary, isn't it? <laughs> that they're out there, you know, kind of lifting up their voices like that and being loud, and and it's just kind of scary. And uh, you know, it's it's it, the word of God is supposed to be a little bit scary to people. I mean, when you when you tell people that the Lord says that there is a uh, a lake of fire. Uh, you know the Bible says the fear of Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I mean, you know, you got to understand that there is a hell, and uh, you know, if you're just sugarcoating it, they're not going to see their need for a savior. So, mm-hmm. you know, that whole thing about, you know, you know, maybe it's, you know, a lot of Christians think that you're coming out too boldly and, and saying, uh, you know, that that you're putting fear into people's hearts. I hope I am putting some fear in people's hearts so that they can fear. The Lord and get saved and and then finally be a child of God and get translated from that uh, power of darkness to the to the kingdom of His dear Son.
0: Amen. Maybe we can get Dom on sometime or Dom and Mark to yeah definitely come
2: on and talk awesome. about what they do.
0: All right, Pastor Strobel, how about you? How have you been?
3: I've been well uh, since last time I've been to Florida and back. I had to fly down there to do a wedding for a missionary daughter from a family from our church. Um, Their family's headed to Spain and the daughter was uh, getting married to a young man actually from Louisiana. And uh, the uh, ceremony was in uh, Milton, Florida. So I flew into Pensacola, got to stay with my son who's uh, in his last year of Bible school. And uh, we had a good time together. And uh, I just uh, also thank the Lord for watching over and protecting us after the rehearsal on the way back um my son was in contact with uh, some of his friends they're going to get together uh and uh long story short uh they're going to be bowling at a place that was not far from where we were so we stopped in and joined them and and uh bowled with them then on the way out um as we left uh just shortly after we got on the road uh my son and i were in an accident uh he was driving and um the way it would ha- happen, we got uh, plowed in the in the back, um, and I kind of, everybody was okay, uh, except his car wasn't, but uh, mm. that car is totaled. Mm. Uh, I, I kind of got the worst of it as far as any sort of uh, bumps and, and scratches and stuff, but nothing uh, prohibitive. <clears throat> so we wound up being out there till to wait for the car to get towed and get our stuff out of it, and I finally got back home about 2.30 in the morning. And then this wedding um, was an unusually early wedding at uh, ten in the morning, and we needed to be there at uh, eight forty-five. And so um, Milton's about the drive was about oh thirty to forty minutes. Long story short, um, you know, not much sleep, but uh, everything went off without a hitch. We we had a good uh, good service, and uh, the Lord blessed. And you know, looking forward to. Uh, this young couple serving the Lord together.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Amen.
3: Another blessing I got from being there was, uh, my son had, um, ordered me a birthday present. My birthday was back in August and, uh, it had arrived finally, uh, just the week before and we'd been waiting for a while. And, uh, so hot off the press, I was able to receive, um, my Ruckman reference Bible, mm-hmm. uh, very nice, uh, reference Bible, um, one thing about it is uh, you don't have to worry about uh, any of the notes um, correct, correcting or criticizing the King James Bible, uh, filled with all kinds of things. And I, I believe um, Matt and Steve, you, you got yours as well, or Matt and uh, Eric, you got yours as well, right? That's
0: true, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I was actually surprised at how, I mean, it's the same size of, of most Bibles, but it's boy, it's thick and it's just packed with uh, appendices and, and uh, all kinds of great notes and Lot of lot of information there to go through, too.
3: Yes. Yes, I look forward to uh, uh, using it for uh, reference and study and all kinds of things.
0: And defense. <laughs>
3: That's right. If somebody's coming at you, you could slug them with that. <laughs> it would stop a bullet, right? <laughs> I believe put, that,
0: would. put that in your shirt pocket. <laughs>
3: I've thought of that, too. If I, I was ever under attack, I'd grab my closest Bible and use it as a shield.
0: Yeah. Now, will you be making uh, other trips and, and uh, smuggling in more Bibles up north here to us? <laughs>
3: um, no, we, Smuggle
1: we, me we, one, will you?
3: <laughs> just put it on your Christmas list.
1: <laughs> it already is. <laughs>
3: No, right now I'm checking with our folks to see who's interested. And we're, uh, I'll make a place in order for them.
1: Uh, this time they'll mail them. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be a hefty shipping cost. As big as the Bible is. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it's
0: pretty big. Somebody told me that they're waiting for the 7th edition when it's perfect.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Purified 7 times. Yeah. This, this is the beta version. They're working, waiting for <laughs> the bugs to get worked out.
0: <laughs> well, did you, you saw the note in the front there, right?
3: Right. Yeah, but I, I think that's I think that's um, on purpose. My, so somebody asked me about that as well, and I think what it is is it's anticipation. You know, Doctor Ruckman, is um, he's getting ready to celebrate. If he hasn't, this might we're right around his birthday. I think he's going to turn what eighty-eight or eighty-nine. Um, and you know, we we like, he's got a lot of people praying that he'll live till the Lord comes back, and he may. Amen. But looking to to the future, should he pass away? And um, things get out of his control or out of the church's control, and somebody else gets the rights to that Bible, and they make a subsequent edition that that makes alterations or changes.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Everybody that has this will know that this was the first edition, and this is how it was
1: meant to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thus, you, you cure the problem of uh, the Schofield Reference Bible, which is uh, changed, right? Things like that. Yes, I believe yeah.
3: it's
0: has been. Mm. All right. Did I? Did we ever did it settle on a quote of the day?
1: Okay. I thought the one that Scott had, where our brother uh, Pastor Strobel had, was, was good. We're going to use that one.
2: Yeah.
3: Okay. This I actually heard. Uh, my son played a song for me while uh, we were in Florida, and this is a quote from the song, and it, it gives you the gist of it. And it says, This life has many choices. Eternity has two. And uh, maybe somebody else would like to comment on it.
0: Steve was going to explain that.
1: (laughs) Uh, What? (laughs) Uh, You're absolutely right. The quote is absolutely right. I mean, this life has many choices. You can do a lot of different things. You can go a lot of different places. But uh, uh, if you're going to go to heaven or hell, uh, there's the only two choices you have for eternity. And, uh, you know, we here at uh, That's in the Bible would strongly urge you to make a choice for God. You know, we never know who our our listeners are. Not everyone responds to us. And so we don't know if if those that uh, perchance listen to this particular broadcast or podcast would, would be lost or not or saved or not. And, uh, you know, if you were to hear that response or hear that uh, statement... Uh, you know, that there's only two choices for eternity, you really need to consider that well because that uh, is a truism that will, <laughs> you, you, you can't deny. Uh, maybe some people, people may try, but the reality is that there are only two choices. And uh, you make a choice for Jesus Christ and you go to heaven or you make a choice for anything else and you'll go to hell. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we don't say that with with relish, you know, or glee or joy. We say that with trepidation. Uh, we don't want anybody to go to hell. In fact, God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Right. It says, uh, in, in the Bible it says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And uh, so if you're not sure if you're going to go to heaven when you die and you're listening to us, uh, we strongly urge you, there's there's many um, podcasts uh, that you have a choice of that can give you uh, the answers that you may be looking for and how you can know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die. And uh, we strongly urge you to listen to those and, and uh, make a, a clear-cut choice for Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: Amen. That quote uh, reminds me of actually today I was coming back from uh, work at uh, lunchtime and there was a man that was working on the grounds here on the yard, uh, picking up leaves and things like that. And, and I gave him a gospel track and, and uh, you know, he said, what's this? And I said, well, this is a gospel track. It's on the Lord Jesus Christ and it'll tell you how you, how you uh, can go to heaven. And uh, he said, oh, that's all right. I don't need it. He, you know, he said, I, I've got my own way that uh, I'm working on to get there. And, uh, you know, it kind of goes along with this quote, you know, I said, there's (laughs) only, you know, there's really only two choices. You either deny the Lord Jesus Christ or you accept him. You know, there's no other way. And, uh, you know, I told him that Jesus Christ is the only way. And, uh, he said, well, thanks, but I'm, I'm still working on my own way. He took the gospel track, but, but, you know, it's just, it's just amazing to think, you know, that, um, you know, four and a half years ago, I was uh, brought across that very, very point that he was just brought to. You know, he's, he's right at the cross of Calvary, you know, with Jesus Christ. And, and at that point, he, uh, he denied him. But I hope, you know, I pray to God that he um, will uh, really pray about it again and uh, really search it out. And, and uh, I pray if anybody's listening, too, that, uh, you know, has gotten to that point where they're trying to search it out and, and say, well, I think there's other ways. Uh, you know, our final authority is the Bible, is the Word of God. And, uh, you know, like, like Brother Steve said, definitely, you know, take a look at some of the other podcasts, and there's a lot of information on, on how you can be 100% sure that you can go to heaven, but it's just by putting the faith in Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that you're a sinner, that you deserve hell, and accepting His fa- finished payment on that cross, and accepting Him
3: as your Savior. Mm-hmm. That man's reaction reminds me of my own reaction when I was first approached uh, by a friend of mine. In regard to the gospel, I was a Roman Catholic, and when he was trying to witness to me, I, if I didn't vocalize it, it was my, it was my same thoughts that uh, I'm trying to get this my own way. And, I, and I, was, I'm, I was. I was in the Catholic Church. I was looking for the answers, and I was really going all out. And uh, it wasn't until I found out uh, I couldn't find the answers. Nobody knew for sure they were going to heaven there. And even though I'd asked my priest that very thing, and uh, after that, I knew there, there, there just felt like, and, and made sense there had to be more. I didn't know any better, but finally the Lord led me to uh, the Bible answers, and I saw 1 John 5, uh, 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and I found out you could know for sure. Mm-hmm. And then the two choices were in the previous verse that said, he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of episodes that you could listen to that really can hear the explanation of the gospel and how to be saved. One of them is number 23. uh, Well, that's how to understand the Bible. I don't know if we actually went over it there, but I was thinking of uh, 22, A Man Questions the Act of Salvation. He's also a Yankees fan. We went over with uh, Mike quite a bit. And uh, what it means to be saved and how to be saved. And uh, what else? One of the early ones was Why Good People Don't Go to Heaven. That was episode two. So there's,
1: there's a lot all... the on, uh, They had the one on salvation um, a couple before Mike, wasn't it?
2: Well, what does it mean to be saved? What, do,
1: what does it mean to be saved? That's number 17. 17,
0: yeah. What does it mean to be saved? And I think in a lot of those we, we go through um, how to be saved and what that means. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I
2: think almost every one, we kind of end it with, you know, a salvation salvation message, what it means.
0: So that's important. So that's the reason we we bring that up again, and and we direct you to those podcasts. Also, I want to say hello to Chris Manners, who has uh, written us. He's uh, from North Carolina. He's written us a nice letter and talks about how he's a locksmith and they have internet on their vans and so he gets to listened to the podcast throughout the day and he says it's helped his thought life and his attitude and toward his work and and uh, it says it, it's a quote here it's much better when my mind is filled with good teaching rather than the garbage on the radio, <laughs> <laughs>
1: amen <laughs> or, or what the flesh
0: brings to mind daily so. When we originally started to do the podcast, well, that was really a, our intent uh, was yeah. to put something together that man, might be fun at the same time, but also informative. That would be, yeah. um, you know, have some longer-lasting significance.
3: Wow. What a blessing and, and unusual! I'm wondering if that's a, uh, you know, sign of things to come. Not a lot of people have the internet to play in their cars. Right. I'm wondering, yeah. wondering if we're all getting that there.
0: Internet, yeah. in, in, in his van. So he says he's able to listen to the podcast throughout the day. And so Matt's going to be doing one today. He can listen to it for several days. (laughs) Amen. Oh, boy. Just kidding, man. No, he's not. He's telling the truth.
2: (laughs) Well, set your timers. Put it on for an hour and a half and uh, two hours maybe. And so you can at least wake up for the last comments here, you know.
0: Well, he, he's driving. He better be awake. <laughs> but, Chris, thanks for writing in. And, uh, I bet. Please uh, keep listening and write in again. If you have suggestions or ideas for topics you'd like to hear about while you're driving around, uh, let us know. And we'll see what we can do to put something together. Amen. Amen. And Steve's going to respond to you soon here on email. Yes, or, I will. Or on the, yes, on the website, too. He's going to get back to you. All right. Anything else? I'm, good. I'm not fast enough to hit the crickets today, so I couldn't get to that. So Matt is going to bring us a study on the superiority of the King James Bible. We'll we'll listen to that for a little while, and then uh, and then we'll uh, we'll have is that a hint. A little while. <laughs> now take take you see the beauty of the internet and and these podcasts is there's always a pause button. You can you can pause it because we're not doing this live. Well, actually, we're recording it live, but. Where, uh, they're not listening to it live so they can hit pause and come back and didn't get something or they want to look up a verse they can pause it and look up those verses right along with you Matt, as they as you turn to those verses and and uh, so Amen. take all the time that you need right right Steve Very bad. <laughs> you <laughs> said that,
2: that Steve I appreciate he, that He said oh, that I heartily said it with
0: conviction <laughs> He did he said that heartily too I did <laughs> All right so are you ready, Matt? I'm ready. All right, here we go. All
2: right, praise the Lord, guys. I really appreciate uh, you, know, you guys allowing me to be able to do this here, and, and I hope all of you that are out there listening to this, uh, I just want you to know that uh, it's just a blessing uh, knowing that there's other people uh, listening. And, and like uh, Brother Eric said, you know, we we brought this out because we felt that there was such a drought of uh, just a good, you know, Bible-believing kind of show out that's out there that we could just enjoy, and and uh, I hope others are enjoying it, and, and it's just a blessing to hear the comments that other people have. But but what I want to get into today is uh, the superiority of the King James Bible. You don't hear much of this anymore today. A lot of the pastors, even most of the Bible colleges, will tell you certain things that. You know, the the King James Bible is a good translation, uh, or they'll even say that it's uh, the perfect words of God, inerrant, uh, infallible words of God. There's a lot of Bible colleges that are out there that that say that they believe the King James Bible and that they teach it and and uh, you know they believe it's the superior Word of God that they, they believe it's the infallible inerrant words of God, but they really don't believe it when you really get down to it and you ask them questions about it, they really don't believe that it is the perfect words of God. so I want to give a bunch of examples today on why I believe that the King James Bible is superior, superior over everything else that it's that it's better that it's that it's the best uh, version and it's authorized by God Almighty. Uh, but what I do want to uh, do first before we start is just start in a word of prayer. Dear only Father, Lord, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you that, uh, Lord, we can come here freely, Lord, that we have freedom of speech. And I pray, Lord, that uh, even though we have that freedom, Lord, that you'll uh, stop my mouth, Lord, if I'm not supposed to say th- something that you don't want me to say, Lord, but I pray that you'll give me liberty uh, to say the words that you want me to uh, speak, Lord. I pray that you'll, Lord, wash me from all sin, wash me up, uh, from all unrighteousness, Lord, that I can preach uh, and teach, Lord, what you have uh, for everybody out there today, Lord. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you'll be with the hearts uh, that are listening to this, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you'll, uh, you'll soften their hearts, Lord, that you'll just be a blessing, Lord. I know you're always a blessing to us, Lord, especially your word. Lord, I uh, pray that you'll be with me during this, Lord. I can't do this without you. I pray that, Lord, I can get across uh, the whole issue on the King James Bible, Lord, how so many people have left your word. And, uh, Lord, they don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to uh, biblical issues, Lord, because they don't have uh, the Word of God, that they don't believe that they have the Word of God, Lord. So, Lord, just be with us tonight, Lord. And, Lord, I just thank you for your Son, Lord, dying on the cross. And just, uh, Lord, be with the rest of the things tonight, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So the first point that I just wanted to talk about tonight is is, uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ, that God Almighty, promised that he would preserve his words. He said that every single word... He was going to preserve. Now, there's a lot of people that talk about that, you know, the, that they believe that, the, the, that God promised that he would preserve his word. And what they mean by that is that he would maybe preserve many of his words, but not all of them. Uh, some parts of the Bible, but not all of it. And there's even a lot of people that say, well, kind of the gist of the message he would keep, but he's not going to preserve every single word of, of God. that's not what the Bible says. Now, before we get started also on this, I want to say that uh, Brother Steve did a great uh, podcast on this, which is episode 11, and the title of that is Which Bible is the Right One? And there uh, we go over a lot of these verses as well, but we also go over a lot of the uh, changes in the Bible versions. Really, we took a bunch of different Bibles, and we looked in some of the verses, just a few verses out of the hundreds and hundreds of verses that these other Bible versions change uh, from the King James. And uh, so if you haven't listened to that, either listen to that before you listen to this or listen to it after this, but but they all go together perfectly. Um, but turn with me to Psalm chapter 12. And we'll see this first where God promises that he's going to preserve his words. And again, it's not just a few words. The Bible says that it's all his words. In Psalm chapter 12, verse 6, the Bible says, the words, again it's plural, of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So God says here that he's going to preserve his words from this generation, from that generation that he was speaking right then and there, forever. That he was going to preserve his words forever. If you look in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, the Bible says every word of God is pure. That every single word of God, there's no error, there's no problems with it, that every single word of God is pure. And that's what the word we have today is the King James Bible. If you look in Psalm chapter 100, verse 5, The Bible says, his truth endureth to all generations. And that's what we saw in Psalm chapter 12, that through all the generations that God's going to preserve his words. And that's exactly what he says all throughout the Bible. He didn't say that he's going to just keep his message, you know, and all that kind of stuff. He said that he's going to preserve his words, that they're going to endure forever. Now, turn with me to John chapter 17. In John chapter 17, and the Bible says in John chapter 17, verse 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the Bible says that his truth is going to endure for all generations. And the Bible says that his truth is his words. That, uh, that his word is that truth that's going to endure forever. Now, if there's not a Bible on this planet that is perfect and true, then God lied. You know, that's what most people will proclaim, that God did not preserve a perfect Bible. Now, this is a lot of things that people will say. They'll say, now, all the translations that are out there are good translations. They're really all the Word of God. But this cannot be true. And the reason why is because all the different translations have a totally different reading. Uh, I was uh, at, a, um, at a church uh, a couple years ago. It was actually about two and a half years ago. And they had no specific Bible version that they use. I uh, went into a, um, it was a Sunday school class. It was, looked like a college and careers class, young people. And I uh, went in there, and I just I like to glance over and see what Bible versions everybody has, especially when I go to some place that I've never been. And they all had all different kinds of Bibles. And so we opened up our Bibles, started reading, and it was, he, the, the person that was uh, teaching was not reading out of the King James Bible. And I had a King James Bible in my hand, and I was all over the place. I could not figure out what he was saying because I was reading something totally different than what he was reading. And the thing with that is that brings confusion. You can't tell me that all those words are the pure words of God when it just brings confusion. Because we know in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, God says that he's not the author of confusion. And that brought huge confusion. And that's what the devil likes to use. He likes to use all this confusion to, to just get it to where we can't understand what God says in his word. Now, God has warned us not to tamper with his word. Go to Revelation chapter 22. Now he gives us a warning, and there's a reason why he gives us a warning. Revelation chapter 22 verse 18. The Bible says, "For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book, and if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the uh, out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book." He says, "Don't add to the word of God, and don't take away." Now, the thing is, is that he said that he's going to preserve every single word of God. And when we look in the other versions, again, go back to episode 11, you'll see that they change, they rip out a bunch of verses, they add a whole bunch of things that are totally uh, corrupt. And uh, God warned us of that. And he said, do not add or take away from my words. And God said that they were going to be tampered with, and they were, God's words were being tampered with. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17, the Apostle Paul says this. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17. Even in Paul 's day, um, people were tampering with the Word of God, Second Corinthians chapter two verse seventeen Paul says, "For we are not as many which corrupt the Word of God now i 've heard it many times that a lot of people say that all these new versions you can find all truth in all these uh, different versions and things like that. Well then, which ones are the ones that uh, that uh, Paul said that people are corrupting? you got to go watch out for that. Uh, We're not going to turn there, but you can turn there in your own own time. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 36 also talks about this tampering of God's Word. Um, Now, so if God promises us that He will preserve His words uh, while others will temper with His words and corrupt them, then you really truly have to find which one is God's Word, which one is God's Word that has the perfect pure words of God. And that would mean that all the others, uh, all all the other Bibles, all the other books are the ones that have been tampered with and are corrupt. So, if you look in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I mean, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ also says that, uh, uh, actually, he says, Forever, O Lord, thy words are settled in heaven. Let's see, uh, David said that in Psalm chapter 119, verse 89. He said, Forever. Your words are settled in heaven. Now, what a lot of people like to say is, well, they were, uh, you know, they were preserved in the originals. You know, when God and uh, had the uh, the writers of the Bible write them down, they were perfect. They were inspired right then and there. But now they're just in heaven. You know, they're preserved forever in heaven. But the question is, is why would He do that when we don't have him today? There was no, there would be no reason of doing that. But Jesus Christ said right here in Matthew twenty four thirty five, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And again, we looked up there in the other verses that God was going to preserve them from every generation for every generation down here on this earth. Um, so we'll look here. A translation can be even better than the original. Now, a lot of people are probably listening right now and they're like, wow, I've never heard that before. But it's true. And the thing is that we've said a, a bunch of times here, that's in the Bible, that the Bible is our uh, final authority in all matters of faith and practice. When you have a question about anything in this world, anything that you go through, you go to the Bible as the final authority. Uh, when it, when something, an issue comes up of faith, you go to a church and the pastor preaches something and you say, wow, I don't know if that's the truth. Uh, your final authority needs to be this book, the Word of God. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to see if it actually a uh, translation can be even better than the original that it was translated from. So turn with me to Second Samuel chapter 3. Now it's translation, the words translation and translated, uh, is spoken of three times, only three times in the Word of God. And there's two things that I want you to notice in these. Second uh, Samuel chapter three, verse 10, actually starting verse nine. Second Samuel chapter three, verse nine. The Bible says, "So do God to Abner, and more also, except as the Lord hath sworn to David, even so I do to him, to translate the kingdom from the house of Saul." and to set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah from Dan even to Beersheba. So I want you to see, first of all, that it was God that was doing the translating. It was God that was doing the translating. It says right up here in verse 9, So do God to Abner, and more also except as the Lord has sworn to David, even so I do to him to translate. So it's God that's doing the translating. But then look at this. It says, translating from the kingdom, from the house of Saul, to set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah. So God took the throne... Uh, From in the kingdom from Saul, which we all know about Saul, if you've ever studied your Bible or read your Bible, Saul had a lot of problems. Uh, But David, um, he still had a few problems, but he was a man of God. And we also know that uh, the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ comes from David. Um, So it's translated from something better, from the kingdom of Saul to the kingdom of David. So again, it was translated by God, and it was also translated from something uh, to something better. Now turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. We'll look at the second place here in the Bible that talks about translation. In Colossians chapter 1, and start in verse 12. The Bible says, Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the uh, saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So again, number one, you got to look and see who's doing the translating. And it says right here in verse 12, giving things unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance. And then verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, talking about God, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. So it says right here that God did the translating, and he translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. I mean, we've been translated to something so much better. Now that we're saved, we've been translated from that power of darkness to the power of light to the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's always, in the Bible, translated from something uh, not as good to something better, and it's always translated by God. The last point right here, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5. The Bible says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Um, right here, again, we see that God had translated him. God translated Enoch, and then also it's, he was translated so that he should not see death. He was translated to heaven so that he should not see death. I mean, every time you see that that word translated or translation shows up in the Bible, and it shows up that it's always something better, and it's translated by God. Now, it's my true belief, and if God promised that he was going to preserve his words forever— that not only were the words uh, that the men wrote down, that wrote the Bible, were inspired. Also, the men that were preserving his words in this King James Bible were inspired as well. That God used them just as instruments as the as the uh, as the people that were writing that book, uh, writing the Bible, writing the words of God, uh, were used by God as well. Now, the King James, you know, when you say, "Well, what would be superior about the King James Bible?" over the original autographs, you know, the Greek and Hebrew original autographs that were just first penned down by those men. Well, the first thing is that the King James Bible has verses uh, in chapter headings. You know, you can go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Now, in the Greek and Hebrew, they never had that. They never had that. So we could be here forever. If we try to do this podcast with the originals, we'd be here for hours and hours trying to figure out where each of us are because there's no chapters or anything like that. Uh, Secondly... The King James Bible was translated by God, uh, uh, actually the translations that were uh, put out by God, you know, what, what he had is all these manuscripts that came out. So what happened was you had the originals, and then it was just copies of copies of copies, and then what we've got handed down to us now is preserved by God. But those translations also, those have uh, uppercase and lowercase. So there were some that just all had uppercase letters, some had all lowercase letters. Um, so, what we have today, though, is this King James Bible has uppercase letters along with lowercase letters. And what I mean by that is, say you've got the Spirit of God, it always has a capital S, and the rest of it is lowercase. So, you could always tell that that's the Spirit of God right there. Uh, also, another example is the Word. Um, in John chapter 1, we see that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. But that Word is not a lowercase w, that's a W. Uh, that's an uh, uppercase w. Which means that it is God, it's Lord Jesus Christ Almighty, and uh, in the originals you never had that, and you could not, you know, find that. Now the third one that I came up with. There's so many more, but this is just another third example. Is you know, which is kind of uh, you know easy to to see, is that I don't speak Greek, I don't speak Hebrew, and uh, most people in America do not, and uh, a lot of people in the world do not. Um, but God said that He was going to have His Word for all generations, and He was going to preserve it. And uh so right now, even a five year old a five year old could get saved because they can read the Word of God. And if you go to first Peter, turn to first Peter with me. First Peter chapter one, and verse twenty three says, "Being born again." and again, this is the Lord uh, you know in John chapter three, the Lord Jesus Christ said, "You must be born again to see the kingdom of God." This is exactly what he's talking about. First Peter chapter one verse twenty three Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Listen, if you've heard the gospel preached to you today by the King James Bible, that's the word that God promised that would be preserved forever. Um, The other thing is you have to see is that the King James Bible is translated under a king. Now, if you look in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, the the book of Ecclesiastes is right after the book of Proverbs. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 4 says, where the word of a king is, there is power. Now, all the other modern versions that came out since the King James Bible were never translated under a king. And, you know, the Bible says that where the word of the king is, there is power. Now, not only that, not only did God wait to translate the Bible, the King James Bible, under a king, he also waited for a king with a Jewish name. Now, the name James in the Hebrew is Jacob. Uh, That's a Jewish name. And we know that uh, the word Jacob, the name Jacob, has power behind it because God changed Jacob's name to Israel. And uh, look to Genesis chapter 32, Genesis chapter 32, and see what power that that name has behind it. Genesis 32, 32. And verse 28. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. I mean, God waited for uh, a king to translate his Bible, have his Bible translated. uh, And he also waited for a king with a Jewish name uh, to translate his Bible. And no other Bible on the market has that right then and there. Uh, The King James Bible is also translated from the majority text, the Byzantine text. Um, Now you say, well, what does that mean? Well, I was kind of talking a little bit about it before, that uh, the originals were written down, and then they were just copied and copied and copied. And all the texts that we have today, about 5,300 texts of those copies we have in our hands today, they all line up with the King James Bible, all 5,300 of them. Now, that, what that means is that 95% of the texts that we have today line up with the King James Bible. That's what the, tra- the King James Bible is translated from. But now you look at all the other modern versions that came out in the 1800s and, and, and after that. They were translated from the other texts. Now, you've got two lines of text, which we'll talk about this uh, some other night, which I want to go over as well. But one line of text, which is the majority text, which is what the King James Bible is translated from, is from Antioch, Syria. Now, the other ones, all the other modern versions, are only 5%. They're only um, uh, backed up by 5% of the texts that have been found by the manuscripts. And those are found in Alexandria, Egypt. They all come from Alexandria, Egypt. Now, the whole thing is that when you look at those ones, the only 5%, uh, those manuscripts are mostly called the Vaticanus and also the Sinaiticus, And these manuscripts, um, they also included the the Apocrypha. Now, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ excluded the Apocrypha. He knew that, that was, you know, there, there was no mention in the Bible of the Apocrypha. Nobody ever quoted from the Apocrypha in the New Testament. And also Jesus Christ said that the canon, the Old Testament canon, was not going to include the Apocrypha. And you'll see that in Luke chapter 24, verse 44. The Lord Jesus Christ never mentions anything about the Apocrypha. Now, the King James Bible also has no copyright. Now, if you look on the market today, every other Bible version has a copyright, but the, Bi- the King James Bible doesn't. Now, I have a uh, Cambridge uh, large print edition um, of the King James Bible. It has no um, like study helps in it, anything like that. All it has is just a pure text of the, of the King James Bible. And uh, if I wanted to, I can go to a copier, a photocopier, and I could copy this whole entire Bible, and I could give it out to whoever I want. And the only charge that I would have to pay is just for the uh, materials, for the ink, for the paper, for the use of the copier machine. And I'd be able to give it to whoever I want. And that's what churches do today. They, they copy this King James Bible and they give it out um, to all other countries so that they can get the gospel out there. That's what the Lord wanted was to get the gospel out of there because um, it has no copyright. And that goes along with what the Word of God says. You know, When you go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, um, the Bible says, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the Word of God is not bound. Now, the King James Bible is not co- is not bound by copyrights. You know, it's, you don't have to go and uh, give people royalties and make sure that you can get their permission before you just give it out to other people. This King James Bible, you can go ahead and just copy it and give it out to people. Now, the other versions, you can't. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 23, the Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. You know, if you're trying to save somebody, if you're trying to um, win somebody to the Lord, to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're also trying to train them up to serve the Lord and disciple others and win others. Uh, it's hard to be able to do that when you have to pay off all the royalties and other things like that with the other versions. And the other versions don't line up with uh, the Word of God because it, they're copyrighted. And if you look at—now, uh, if you look in your King James Bible and it has a copyright in the front, it'll say maybe the—it'll uh, never say the text of the King James Bible is copyrighted. But say you've got an old Schofield Bible or something like that, his notes will be copyrighted and things like that, but it's not the text of the King James Bible. Um, now, all these other new versions that are coming out, I mean, they come out, they're, they're turning them out, it seems like almost every year, maybe even more, that all these new versions are coming out. The reason why is because they're copyrighted. They can get money. These people get millions and millions of dollars uh, to be able to put out a version. Now, if you look at the reason why King James uh, had the, uh, the words of God Uh, translated into the King James Bible, wasn't so he could be some, you know, hyped up person, you know, like later on in his years, he would look up as this great man, you know, of God and, and uh, be worshiped and all that kind of stuff for doing that and trying to get a whole lot of money. The whole reason was because he wanted just common man to have the words of God in their lap so that they could have it. At that time, the Roman Catholic church, even now the Roman uh, Catholic church doesn't want you to have the words of God. They want the church to be able to handle them themselves. But here today, you see that these, uh, these other Bible versions have copyrights, and it's really motivated by money. And we know 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, uh, uh, money is the root, the love of money is the root of all evil. And I truly believe that that's what these, all these new modern versions, they're not worried about you having the Word of God, they're worried about uh, lining their pockets. Now, another obvious reason why the King James Bible is God's perfect and preserved words Is because God has, uh, you know, it's never been proven wrong. The whole thing is that we go to court today, you're innocent until proven guilty. And the King James Bible is innocent for 400 years. It's never been proven wrong. Uh, Scholars for 400 years have been trying to prove the King James Bible wrong, trying to say that there's errors in the King James Bible, uh, trying to disprove it. Uh, And the reason why they're doing that is so that they don't have a perfect Bible that they're going to have to be accountable for. You know, if God says a certain sin that they don't like, they'll be like, okay, let's just get a new version that just uh, wipes that out so we don't have to worry about that sin. But the King James Bible has never been proven wrong. Now, there's a good book. Uh, I've got it. Um, it's called uh, Errors in the King James Bible. It's in parentheses, that title. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, author uh, Peter S. Ruckman. We were just talking about it. He did the Ruckman Reference Bible. Uh, it's a great book. If you ever get anybody that says, oh, this is an error in the King James Bible, he shows you perfectly why... Those are not errors. <laughs> There's no way that you could think that's an error after he goes over the reasons why. And, uh, but if you can get that, that, I think that would be a great blessing for you. Um, another reason why is because the King James Bible exalts the Lord Jesus Christ higher than any other version. I mean, we went through that with uh, Steve's podcast. Uh, I believe it was episode 11 again. Um, how they attack so many things in the, other, in the other Bible versions that the King James Bible doesn't. Now, if you look in John chapter 5, turn there with me real quick. John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse 39. And the Bible says, Search the scriptures. This is Jesus Christ talking. Search the scriptures, for in them you think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. The Lord Jesus Christ said that the scriptures are going to testify of them. Now, these new Bible versions, they they attack his deity, they attack his virgin birth, his blood atonement, uh, that he had a bodily resurrection. Uh, that he's going to come again, the second coming. I mean, they attack all these many, many doctrines uh, concerning himself. And, uh, you know, the new versions just attack all that. And, you know, the, the King James Bible is the only one that exalts the Lord Jesus Christ above all the else. Of, of all else, And they testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'll just give you a couple examples real quick. We're not going to turn there, but I'll just give you a couple. Now, if you have any other kind of Bible version of the King James, look these up. They attack the virgin birth, and that's in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, Luke chapter 1 verse 34, Luke chapter 2 verse 33. They attack the blood atonement, Colossians 1:14. we read that today. They take out uh, uh, through his blood. They take out that whole thing that we've been redeemed through his blood. They take that right out. Uh, Acts chapter 20 verse 28, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, Revelation chapter one verse five. I mean, this is just a few examples. There's so many more. Uh, his bodily resurrection, that he uh, rose from the dead the third day, uh, bodily, and that's uh, they attack that in Acts chapter one verse three, Luke twenty four, and also the last twelve verses of Mark. Uh, they attack his deity, that he, that Jesus Christ is God. Acts chapter ten verse twenty eight, John nine thirty five, and First Timothy three sixteen. Uh, that giving you an example. First Timothy three sixteen, the Bible says God was manifest in the flesh. The King James Bible says God was manifest in the flesh. All the other Bible versions pretty much say uh, who he was manifest in the flesh. You have no idea who was manifest in the flesh, but the Bible tells you that it was God that was manifest in the flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Another example is his second coming, that he's going to come again. And they attack that in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, Titus chapter 2, verse 13. So anyway, I just wanted to lift those off real quick, and I wanted to show you that the King James Bible is the only one that exalts the Lord Jesus Christ higher than any other version. And again, that goes along with the Word of God. Now another example is absolute time comes from Greenwich, England. That's where we get absolute time from. Absolute location, which would be our latitude, longitude, that also comes from Greenwich, England. Now absolute measurement, that's the British Thurman unit. So it just, you know... gives you right there the clear-cut answer that absolute truth comes from England. It's the King James Bible. I mean, you've got all these absolutes that come from, from England, from, from Britain. You see here that that's where the King James Bible has come from. That's where the Word of God, the absolute truth, comes from. Now, another example is the time that the King James Bible is translated. Now, we have seven periods, seven church periods in uh, the book of Revelation. Uh, if you look from Revelation chapter 1 through 3, you've got seven different uh, church periods. And you see right now we're going through that seventh, that last uh, final church period, the Laodicean period. And that's a uh, period, you know, Laodicea means uh, the rights of the people. I mean, you don't see any more civil rights than you do now. You've got the gay rights, you've got the women rights, you've got all these kind of rights that are going on. And that's the church period that we're going through right now. This is the period right now. It's called the lukewarm church. You know, you're not cold or you're not hot, but you're just warm. That's what we are today. That's what this church period is today. And this is the period that all these new modern versions are coming out. But there's one version that came out uh, during the Philip, uh, Philadelphia age, and the Bible talks about, God talks about right then and there, on uh, Revelation chapter 3. Turn with me uh, real quick. Last book of your Bible, Revelation chapter 3, because I want you to see it. The King James Bible was translated and it was completed in 1611, and this was during the Philadelphia church period. And look what God says about this period. Revelation chapter 3, verse 8. The Bible says, God says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast little strength, and it has kept my word, and it has not denied my name. Look down to verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth, so he said that this period this time period has kept his word, and that's when the lord that's when the King James Bible was translated was in that period. Now, the King James Bible I told you before was translated by uh it was the uh, King James wanted that to be translated for the common man to bear fruit I mean the whole purpose is for Uh, those that are saved to bear fruit. And, uh, you know, the biggest revivals that took place uh, took place during the Philadelphia church period, which is what I was just talking about. And this is when the King James Bible was uh, available. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, the Lord Jesus Christ says, Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. I mean, Charles Spurgeon came out of this uh, time period when the King James Bible had come out. Dwight L. Moody, uh, Wesley... Um, these are all King James Bible believers that believed the King James Bible and were in the Philadelphia church period. And uh, not to mention also Billy Sunday. And uh, he said to have led over a million people to the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, you can see the fruits uh, of this Bible that this Bible has produced. And no other Bible version has produced that kind of fruit ever since then. Now, talking about this fruit, uh, if you study out your Bible at all, you'll see that number nine is the number of the fruit of the Spirit. And you say, well, where do you get that? Well, turn with me to Genesis chapter 9. This is my last point here. We're almost done. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. And notice this is chapter 9, number 9. And verse 1, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So in in Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, God says to be fruitful. All right, so remember that. Now, in the book of Galatians... The book of Galatians is the ninth book in the New Testament. It's the ninth book. Galatians, as a word, has nine letters. So if you count up the letters in the book of Galatians, that has nine letters. Now, when you turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, you have nine fruits of the Spirit. The Bible lifts them off. God lifts them off. The the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, uh, meekness, temperance. You've got nine fruits of the Spirit. Now, we went to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Now, when you add up that chapter and verses to 5 plus 2 plus 2, it equals 9. Now, Abraham was mentioned nine times in the book of Galatians. Abraham was 90, while Sarah was 99 when they were to have Isaac their son. And we know that you know when you're going to uh, yeah, bear fruit of the womb, that's to have a son, fruit. Now, Paul was the greatest Christian that ever lived and who in turn was the most fruitful Christian of them all. I mean, he was the best witness, he was the best evangelist that ever really walked the face of the earth. And uh, he gets saved in Acts chapter 9. Now you say, oh, that's just all coincidence. Well, let's keep going. We know now that number 9 is the fruit of the Spirit. Well, let's look at this number 9 some more. Now, count up the letters in Holy Bible. The word, the two words Holy Bible, that equals nine letters. Scriptures, that equals nine letters. Word of God equals nine letters. King James, that equals nine letters. Now, 1611, add those numbers up. One plus six plus one plus one equals nine letters. There's no other Bible you can do that with. This King James Bible is the most fruitful Bible that God has preserved, and it is God's perfect words. Um, I hope this has been a blessing for people. Um, This has been uh, uh, just a blessing to be able to study this and uh, just see how... This King James Bible is the perfectly preserved words of God, and I thank the Lord for it. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks, Matt. Amen. Thank there's, a, there's a lot there. Who would
3: like to go first? Where's the crickets? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for Steve.
1: I was waiting for Pastor.
3: <laughs> Good it's a, a tremendous subject, and uh, we are all in concurrence with Matt. Certainly, I am, and I'm sure the others will speak for themselves that uh, we believe in the superiority of, of the King James Bible. Yes. And uh, there's a lot of um, of good evidence, and Matt has has given you some some deeper things as well as uh, skimming the surface Amen. to give you a, a good start of things that you could study. There's really a preponderance of material. Let me just say this: I, I, I was taught immediately after I got saved that the King James Bible was the word of God. I didn't understand what that was all about. And to me, if the Bible was the Bible and, and, and yet I, I figured these guys, you know, probably knew what they were talking about, but I, I can't say that I really bought into it. Um, I began to read it and I started to buy into it. That is the spirit of God began to bear witness to me that what I had was his word. That went well until I was in my first year of Bible school and uh, we were in an Old Testament survey class, and we had a book that brought out um, an apparent contradiction, the likes of which that uh, book that um, Matt was talking about, that uh, the book, I believe, was originally called Problem Text. What's the name of it now, Matt? It's uh, Errors in the King James Bible. Okay, quote-unquote, like Errors in the King James Bible. Right, yeah. And and, um, the book brought out a problem text that, that showed what appeared to be a contradiction in the scriptures. And I was a young Christian, saved for less than a year at the time, and I, I looked at that, and um, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't answer it. And it was uh, devastating to me. I, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I kind of went under, as I say. and For about three days, I really didn't talk much to anybody. I, I, I read my Bible, and I did a lot of praying. And continue to go to school and so forth. But I, I really did a lot of praying about the matter. When I was finished uh, with those three days, and I didn't just set three days as a, a period. It just kind of worked out this way. But the Lord had given me um, a, a peace in my heart. I didn't, still didn't know the answer to, the, to, to what appeared to be a discrepancy in the text. But I had peace, number one, that uh, I could rely on the text and it was accurate. And number two that um there was an answer, and it would it would be found somewhere uh in the king james bible and uh then afterwards uh I was able to to understand uh how the text would would and could uh, and does fit together but I say all that to say this: some of you are are listening to these things, and you're probably thinking, well, that's kind of whacked out, or this is what they believe, and you know what it comes down to is uh the God that authored this book is big enough to show you which words are his. Come and on. if you have two different Bibles, and there's a lot more around claiming to be Bibles than two, but if they say two different things, they both can't be right. God knows which one he wrote and which one he preserved. And if you'll ask him with a sincere heart, uh, he'll show you. Come on.
1: Well, for for me, that as Pastor Strobel talked about a, a crisis point, um, I was going to Bible school and was in. Uh, I'm trying to remember if it was first or second year Greek. Uh, not only were we, you know, learning vocabulary, we were learning grammar, we were translating sentences uh, from English to Greek and Greek to English and uh, somewhere along there in the second part of of the uh, first year or the first part of second year i can't remember which one it was it it, it finally dawned on me uh, looking at it and trying to to translate the sentences that that i could make it say almost anything i wanted within the definitions of the words in other words you know it could it could yeah. be a variety of of different things uh, according to the lexicon of the of the greek grammar mm-hmm. and and greek language and so you know i'm sitting there thinking to myself you know how do these guys get this thing you know i mean it could be any number of things i mean you know i'm i'm translating and i'm trying to think of the verses that they're using and i'm thinking okay well it says this in the king james but i'm looking at what they could have translated it to be and it could have been any number of things. And and the, the crisis point was is that, that they could have made it say anything they wanted. And I finally had to come to a point where I had to fall back on what it says. It says, The words of the Lord are pure words tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. And You know, going through uh, some of the Bible comparisons that we had done before, as we did in in the episode 11, uh, it finally just, it it cemented in my heart that the King James translators gave God the preeminence, gave Jesus Christ the preeminence, gave salvation the preeminence, and uh, I finally came to a point where I, I realized that I had to believe it by faith. And uh, I, I, I have not struggled with it since. Uh, you know, people could come up with all kinds of, of objections. And in my heart, it's it's totally settled. Uh, there's probably another reason which may go in f- another time and take too long to do it now. But uh, maybe just this instant would su- instance would suffice for now that, uh, you know, the Lord in my own heart convinced me that the King James Bible was the Word of God. I know people probably would say that for other versions for their own reasons, but, you know, uh, to be honest, I really did have an open heart going to it. It wasn't closed. It wasn't uh, made up. Uh, the mind wasn't uh, firmly set until after this point, and then then uh, it was set in, in stone, so... Praise God for that.
0: Amen. Amen. I think. I think for me, it was um, actually it was uh, f- the church there in Longport, Steve, when you were assistant pastor, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and uh, Pastor Phillips was the pastor, and you had you held a new converts course uh, mm-hmm. class, and uh, and uh, you had said, uh, everybody bring whatever Bible you have at home and bring it in, and and I what I I think I had. Uh, the first Bible I had bought was Good News for Modern Man because I like the pictures too, <laughs> and, <clears throat> the stick figures. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, well, at least I can get, I can understand it. It's illustrated. So, and I thought, well, because I, you know, I'd been going to the church for a while, and I knew that uh, you guys had believed that, you know, the King James Bible was was the Bible, and I, I kind of went, all right, prove it. You know, let's see see what you got, and uh, because partly because if I want to believe it, it, I just gotta, I I have I have to see it has to make some sense to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, we started going over the verses. First of all, the verses that weren't in the other Bibles, but yet they had skipped the verse number. I mean, they had the verse number. The verse number might go from you know eleven to uh, thirteen. What happened right. to twelve? You know, yeah. why right. is that gone? And and then the verses that were in there that, as you just said, you know, uh, downgraded the deity of Jesus Christ, and right. and all these other places that really lowered, um, you know, Jesus and and mm-hmm. and took away from his deity and took away from the the validity of the Bible. And it didn't take long once we started comparing those verses for me to Sam. I'm not using those anymore. I'm not using those. And then, of course, as you, as you grow and you study and, and you can see other things, some of the deeper things, too, that that uh, that the King James Bible brings. And, and you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not an unbiblical <laughs> viewpoint to, to hold to. And In uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, it says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God, right. which effectively work thoughts on you that believe. So, it's okay. You can believe it as the Word of God. You don't have to say, oh, it's just a bunch of men's words and, you know, they translate it. How do we know it's really, really accurate and all those kinds of questions that people might have, but... There's a lot to this. There's a lot to this topic, and and on face value, it's maybe you can say in your mind, "Oh, I can just dismiss that." I, you know, these guys, this is this is kind of out there. But if you if you spend any time at all, if you listen to uh, episode eleven, or go look up some of those verses that Matt went through tonight, um, I challenge you to, to come away and and say that that doesn't mean anything. I think there's enough in in uh, what we've talked about tonight and in the past that you can uh, you can look at it and say wow there is definitely something here
1: amen. amen well the one thing that that you want to keep in mind and 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 i kind of alluded to it although i didn't bring it to a con- uh, conclusion is you know obviously we know those that go to the greek and they try to expound the greek and and uh uh, in my opinion, they, they try to sound like they are uh, smart, important, intelligent or whatever because they know something that you don't know. And all they're doing is they're going to a lexicon or going to some commentary that that has, uh, you know, the guy changes the words around and so forth. But he's basically going to a dictionary and finding another another reading or another definition that he... Finds that fits his theology or fits his, his uh, belief system, and uh, making up a bunch of words that, that will make him sound like he's really intelligent and like he knows what he's talking about. And what he has done, in effect, is he's made himself the authority as opposed to the Word of God being the authority. You know the, the 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 statements that are made a poor translation. Uh, uh, they really didn't know what they were talking about when they translated the words. This a better translation. A better, a better, a better rendering, rendering might be right, yeah. right. And uh, but when you,
0: you do know, that, Steve, you have to grab your lapels. <laughs> <to> say that.
1: <laughs> but but you know all of it is 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 if even if they do know Greek and they can translate. Uh, if they go to the lexicon, they can pull out a definition they want and and stick it in there and and make it say what they want it to say so that it can fit their uh, exegesis, if you will, the the interpretation of the Scriptures. And so if they can come up with something a little bit more unique that somebody else hasn't come up with, they become the authority. And you have to realize that it's the Holy Spirit that's the authority. It's right. not us. It's not man. It's it's God the Holy Spirit. And if he's promised to preserve his word, then it's there for us to have somewhere. And you're going to have to make up your mind as to where it's at. Are you going to have to depend on someone to uh, always come up with Greek nuggets for you so that you can... Uh, Uh, feel like you've got the Word of God or or are you just going to believe what you read? That's where you're really going to have to uh, come to a a decision. And uh, hopefully some of this information that we've given you tonight might help you along in that decision-making process. We're not going to tell you what to believe. You're going to have to come to that decision on your own. But we're trying to give you some information so you can make a real good choice in your decision. And
0: there's there's, there are different trains of thought on this. I, I know I was um, a fellow that actually had, had uh, gone to our church. He goes to Matt's church now, but he, and I was stunned. He we he does, doesn't believe that uh, there is any perfect Bible in English. Uh, he's more of a um, Texas Receptus man. Mm. That the uh, the the Greek uh, manuscript is really. Is really the best. You got to go back to the Greek.
1: He probably doesn't read Greek. He probably doesn't understand Greek. Uh, what he's doing is going to some commentaries or he's going to, like what we described, a Greek lexicon to get his definitions so he can read them in English. And then say that it the King James doesn't really know what it's talking about, and uh, you know, it's just a it's just an academic game that they're playing.
0: Well, his one of his arguments was uh, something along the lines of how, you know, well, where was the Bible before it was the King James, and and uh, the other one was. What, what about the people that don't speak English? I mean, they don't, they don't, they're not going to get a perfect Bible?
1: Well, that one's rather easy to answer. Uh, you know, when God wrote or had the, the, the Old Testament written, he had it written in one language. And if anybody wanted to have the Word of God, they had to come to that language, and that was Hebrew. Uh, at the time of the New Testament writings uh the the majority language or the, the language of the day was greek uh and the, the new testament was written in greek the language of the end time is is uh uh definitely english there's there's <laughs> there's no doubt about that every uh person that wants to trade in commerce or fly airplanes or or uh, uh, do business in any form or fashion. I mean, the number of people in China that want to learn English is, is astronomical. Uh, any other country, when they want to come, you know, they want to they learn English. And uh, so God has it written in one, combined both Old Testament and New Testament in one language, and that's English, and that's the majority or the language of the day, and if they want to know what the Word of God says, they come to English. Now, missionaries have gone out and they've translated from English to uh, the other languages, which is sufficient. But if you really want to get the Word of God, you need to come to English. Amen. Amen. Well said.
0: I, I also remember the experience of um, when I moved to this area, I had visited a church. I believe it was, a, it was even had Baptist in the, in the name. And uh, we'd gone in and, and sat down and the pastor from the pulpit said, now my Bible says, and I don't know what, I don't even know what translation, it wasn't King James he was reading from, uh, in this passage it says this, now to someone else that have a different translation, they could stand up and read what they have. And like three or four different groups of people stood up and, and read, you know, whatever they said, and and then they would talk about what it meant to them. and <laughs> Talk about confusion. Man. Yes, sir was. it was, yes. it was I, I left like, wow, what was that?
1: There's uh, no authority.
3: I believe they, they said of Jesus Christ that he speaks as one having authority right. and not as the scribes. Mm-hmm. And the scribes were the writers. Uh, scribe, it's just like in Spanish, escribir. If I remember my Spanish is to write. It's the infinitive of the verb uh, to write. And uh, that's what the scribes do and that's what they're doing. They're writing new Bibles today and they're not speaking as one's having authority
2: you know the the other thing that catches me too is you know the the shows that we do here uh... a lot of them have a lot of doctrine and uh... what we do is we just run verses you know we can get a concordance and we can run certain verses With these new modern versions you can't run these verses you know uh, especially i think about um brother steve your doctrine of the great deep uh... that you did mm-hmm. Um a lot of those verses a lot of those cross-references are totally destroyed in these new versions
1: yeah, and, uh, you
2: King, yeah, you don't have a King James Bible, you can't find that. A lot of things on the angels, uh, you lose a lot of the cross-references, you lose a lot of truth. And uh, listen, if <laughs> you know that that just goes to show you right there, if you want the truth, you want to be able to study your Bible and get the truth that God wants you to have, uh, you want to have all those references there, and that's only in the King James Bible. And uh, I think about uh, 2 Timothy 2.15, the Bible says, Study, the King James Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Every other version on the market since the King James says something like, do your best, try diligent. They don't tell you to study. And the reason why they don't tell you to study is because in that Bible, you can't study. (laughs) I mean, you can study some stuff, but you can't find the things that are in the King James Bible uh, to the point where, you know, you you can find what God wants you to have. And again, I think we've mentioned it before, too. At the end of that, it says, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, If you don't rightly divide this book, you're going to break your neck on it. Um, a lot of people go to hell because they don't really divide this word of God. Um, you know, in 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 the new versions, you don't have really dividing the word. Uh, all the other versions say uh, handling correctly. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, not it, it doesn't say anything about dividing, and uh, that, you got to be careful with those with those other versions because they're not going to give you the truth at all.
1: I know we were talk- you were talking, Eric, about that, that pastor and, and mm-hmm. everybody giving their version. And uh, whether the verse was said or not, as I'll, I'll still repeat it. I believe it's in 1 Corinthians 14. It says, God is not the author of confusion. Mm-hmm. And uh, who else? I mean, if God is not the author of confusion, then who is? Right. And then you have to ask, then that obviously leads to the question, uh, you know, who wants to cast doubt on the Word of God? And, and the first one that does is, is Satan, uh, all the way back in the, in the book of Genesis when he says, yea, hath God said. So if you connect those dots, which aren't hard to connect, I mean, we're not stretching anything when we do that, then you realize the one that's trying to confuse things is not God, it's the devil. Yeah. And why does he confuse it? Because he wants Christianity split up. He wants us fighting against ourselves, against all these versions and all these other kind of things. And I, you know, I, I understand some people are going to say, oh, "Don't you think we ought to stand up for the Word of God?" Yeah, we are. We are <laughs> by doing what we just did tonight. We're standing up for the Word of God. Right. But all the side battles that are going on are taking us away from from what we should be out doing. And that's, first of all, glorifying God, and second of all, reaching the masses with the gospel. And, and, the, and what takes away from our credibility is the fact that, that there's not, I'll say, a unity. And I, and I don't mean that in an ecumenical sense, but I mean that in a regards where if we can't get together on, on one book, how in the world are they, you know, this lost world supposed to take us seriously? Mm-hmm. There, there's just no, no, way to, no way for them to understand that, and they're not going to trust Christ if they do.
3: Hey Amen, Steve. I was just thinking along the same lines I was uh, pulling up here. Ephesians 4, where the Lord says uh, to the church and the saints within it, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace and if there's one thing that destroys the unity of the Spirit, it's the preponderance of different versions uh, in the pew. For example, just imagine this. Go to the average church today. And let's suppose if you were there, the pastor were to get up and say, now let's all open up our Bibles, for example, just say uh, to Psalm 23, and uh, let's all read it out loud in unison together. And do you know what you'd hear? Mm it sounded like they were speaking in tongues. That's it. Amen. right. Right.
0: You're absolutely right. And some people might look at this or listen to this and say, oh, these guys are riding a hobby horse. But what's more central and what's more important than being able to trust and believe in and to know that you have the Word of God?
3: Amen. There's one other verse that uh, I think is real pertinent to the discussion, uh, probably a lot of them, but one comes to mind at the moment. Matthew 4, verse 4, tells us that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Mm-hmm. So it is essential if we are to obey that verse that we know where we can find every word. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And uh, we found it. <laughs> yeah, the amen.
0: Just, just kind of quickly as a wrap-up, what would you say to the folks that maybe are using other Bibles and and um, really haven't given this this area a whole lot of thought, or, or have maybe heard a little bit about the, the King James thing, and and just haven't really looked into it? But are saying, well, you know, I got I got basically the same stuff. It talks about Jesus and talks about his death and burial and resurrection. So what's the difference?
3: I'd like to say, first of all, it'd be a good idea for them to go back uh, earlier in this broadcast when Matthew was uh, given the different references that are changed in those verses and and the ways that they're changed. Lay out the modern version right next to the King James Bible and do the comparison yourself. And uh, then if you do that and, and you think, okay, that's interesting, but it's not quite enough, uh, email uh, the program or, or leave a note on the website and say I'd like to have some more, and we'll be glad to give you some more references that um, definitively show the problems with the new versions. Amen.
1: Well, let me just add that that as in, in similar metaphor that that uh, obviously the scripture that Pastor Strobel mentioned uh, there in Matthew four four is it's not a metaphor, but. Um, You know, the Word of God is the hub or the center of everything that we do. Uh, And if you don't have a center, then you really can't, you're just wandering everywhere you go. What I'm trying to say is is that your belief system has to be focused and centered on something. Uh, If it's not, then you're just going from thing to thing, from belief to belief, from idea to idea, and uh, you know, uh, you know, somebody comes up with some new thing, you have no basis from which to check it from. Matt uh, made the statement that the, the Word of God is, is our, our final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Exactly. So our theology and our practice and how we live is all based upon the Word of God. If you don't have a sound Basis or a sound hub from which to, to your life to emanate from, then you're just going to be floundering around, and your your Christianity is probably going to be rather unstable. Uh, my suggestion would be to to see that there is a st- uh, a stability that you can have, and you can find that in the King James Bible. Uh, read it. Uh, you know, don't buy into the lie that uh, these and thous and all this is really hard to understand uh you know there are dictionaries out there that you can get that that would help you understand words you don't understand but it's really not as hard as what some people make it out to be that's right Amen. Amen.
0: all right man any last words
1: well it's just you know
2: i pray to the lord um you know, like Pastor Strobel said right after he got saved and, and uh, he really kind of learned um, from men that really truly believed that the King James Bible was, was God's word. And, and that's how I learned as well. and and uh, But I really did go into it with an open mind as well, you know, and because and, uh, and I wanted to know. You know, I wanted to know where the truth was. God said he was going to preserve his words. And, and I just thank God, you know, a God that is almighty, all-powerful, omniscient, you know, and omnipotent and uh, just, just to have all the power in the world um, that created us, that keeps us together, how we are now—you know—that we don't just fall apart, you know, our bodies and and uh, just the, just the amazing things that He does. Uh, just just the thought of Him not being able to preserve a perfect book for us, I just can't fathom. You know, That's just right. a uh, you know a God that that is eternal. Um, you know, the Bible says, "Heaven and earth shall pass away, but My words shall never pass away." I take His word for it. And uh, you know you got to find, like Steve said as well, you got to search it out for yourself. You got to pray about it. But uh, just, I hope you don't just take this and just kind of shrug it off. Uh, I pray that you really search, you know, with your heart, and uh, and uh, God will show you the truth.
3: Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, the music is started, which means we're going to wrap up for today. Well, we have time to probably put a few more shows in here before we get into the. Uh Into the full force of the holidays. Hopefully, we'll be able to get together again. Mm -hmm. Who's who's going to do the next one?
3: How about you, you,
0: Eric?
1: (laughs) 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 Um, That's not what he was looking for. I'll
0: have to edit that out now. (laughs) No, I won't edit that out. Um, I I could. It's, 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 fun. it's actually hard for me to, to think about doing that when I've got you guys. I, I just soon sit back and listen to you guys. I
3: think, like to have, I think it'd be fun to have. it'd be fun to have Steve host it uh, and Eric do the study. Yeah, well, that that all right, <laughs>
0: Steve, come on down. Could really mess it
1: up, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Steve Steve, you could take a trip, come to the studio.
1: Oh man, that would be great! <laughs> huh? can all do those it. dials and buttons and stuff, <laughs> man. I'd really have a heyday. <laughs> do it, do it live right from there. And <laughs> oh. uh, maybe we could
0: do some uh, something uh, on location, because we'll all be in the same area here. So,
1: yeah. Definitely have to come over and pay me a visit.
0: If I brought if I brought the console here and uh, my portable uh, my laptop, we could do the whole thing.
1: Well, that would be weird, all of us sitting in a room looking at each other <laughs> doing this. At the same time, yeah. Yeah. Weird in a bad way, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you look like. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, amen. Just kidding. Well, we've given uh, Chris something to listen to while he's driving around in his truck.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, amen.
0: All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Amen. Good night. This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at That's dot com or email us at That's in the Bible at Gmail dot com or call our listener feedback voicemail at seven one six five eight four sixteen eleven. Again, that's seven one six five eight four one six one one. As always, thanks for listening and press on.